This is South Florida Sunday. We thank you for being with us. We'd like to welcome our next guest, Dr. Ali Malik, who is here to talk to us about Stroke Awareness Month, the month of May. Uh, Dr. Malik, thanks for being with us here on South Florida Sunday. Thank you for having me. Now, you're the Medical Director of Neurosciences and Neurointerventionalist <laughs> at St. Mary's Medical Center. Did I get that? Inter- Neurointerventionalist. I'm the neurointerventionalist. I'm the I'm the guy that drags people kicking and screaming away from the grave when they have a, a blockage in one of the blood vessels in their brain, ideally. Okay. Well, talk to us a little bit about Stroke Awareness Month here being in May. Um, I guess a question that uh, uh, seems to be uh, kind of prevalent these days, everyone's talking about the pandemic. Has there been uh, more cases of stroke during the pandemic over the past year, really? So, unfortunately... One of the issues that we have with this particular virus is that it tends to affect different people differently, and we have found people that would otherwise have almost no significant risk factors for stroke have been coming in with strokes as well as heart attacks and PEs and other other critical medical problems that are likely triggered by the virus. So, yes, there are theoretically more people that are having strokes because of the pandemic, but another problem is that people because of the pandemic are less likely to call 911, and stroke, as you know, is time-based. Every second that goes by, more brain cells are dying, so the longer people wait to get help, the poorer they do. So the pandemic has unfortunately caused some delays in people calling for help, and so they they tend to be bigger and worse strokes than they were before. Um, Well, the reality is, though, that it doesn't matter whether or not we're in a pandemic and it doesn't matter how anyone feels about COVID and everything else. If you have the signs and symptoms of a stroke or if somebody around you does, you need to call 911 and get help as fast as possible because time is brain. Well, let's talk about the signs and symptoms of a stroke. So the easiest way to look at it is basically if something that normally works suddenly stops working, um, like you're unable to suddenly see or speak or comprehend or move your arm or move your leg or anything like that, uh, those are all potentially signs of a uh, signs of a stroke. We typically teach people the word fast. Fast sounds for, stands for face, uh, facial droop. A is arm, so arm weakness or leg weakness. S is speech, um, essentially difficulty either with garbled speech or unable to understand or comprehend, understand or generate speech or being completely mute. And then T stands for time, and that means look at the clock every minute. From the moment this starts to the moment this stops, you're losing 1.9 million brain cells. So please get help as quickly as possible. So we're talking about uh, stroke. It's a stroke awareness month. Um, and you, as you're saying, early, uh, early treatment is key. Is, is there a specific time limit uh, where... Every minute, every minute that goes by, 1.9 million brain cells are potentially dying. So unlike trauma, where statistically we know, you know there's a golden hour and things like this, mm-hmm. the way we look at it is every second counts. The sooner you get help, the better. Now, we do have statistics that show that for every 10-minute delay, the outcome is worse, et cetera, et cetera. But I, rather than anyone thinking that anything is a set time limit where they're okay up to right. such and such a time, because we have cutoffs. We have cutoffs for different treatments. So, for example, IV thrombolytics, which are clot-busting drugs that can be given in the hospital, um, typically 
probably their cutoffs are three hours or four and a half hours for certain subcategories of patients. That doesn't mean that if somebody comes in at 15 minutes after their stroke, we're going to say, oh, well, we've got three hours to give it. We give it at 15 minutes. We give it as quickly as possible because every minute counts. Now, uh, you're saying that uh, the quicker you treat someone for a stroke, the better the outcome. What about recovery? Is delaying treatment also affect uh, the rate of recovery and the time of recovery? Well, if you think about every brain cell ideally has something it's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. If you lose brain cells, then recovery involves you trying to reprogram other brain cells to do the job. If you lose less brain cells, it'll take less time to recover or you'll have a recovery that you wouldn't have otherwise. So it, it falls into the same category. Time is brain. So uh, while a lot of the different areas of the human body can re reinvent themselves, as it were, uh, or rebuild themselves, so the human brain cells aren't quite like that? They're not. Unfortunately, the two categories of cells, the heart muscle and brain cells, both, while they do regenerate a little bit, um, they don't generate anywhere, regenerate anywhere near other cells do. And on top of that, in the brain, it's not just the cells themselves that matter. It's the connections. So when you lose the connections, then their functionality is lost. So even if for every thousand brain cells you lose, you may grow one back, but it doesn't necessarily have the connections it had before. And so the main part of recovery from a stroke is not that you grow new brain cells. It's that other parts of of your brain start taking over some of the function of the part that was lost. And that takes a lot of work. When people say they relearn how to walk or talk or do anything, they really are relearning how to do those things if it's possible. Are certain groups uh, more at risk for stroke than others? So everyone has some degree of a stroke risk. We have children that have strokes. We have uh, young people that have strokes. We have middle-aged people that have strokes. We have old people that have strokes. Everyone should know what their own personal risk factors are. There are some that you can do something about, some that you can't. Um, but some things are kind of obvious. I've never had a patient come to me and say, oh, I didn't know smoking was bad for me. Smoking is a tremendously horrible risk factor for stroke. High blood pressure is the single easiest thing to measure and to be treated for, and yet it's a massive risk factor for stroke and heart attacks. And so everybody should know their numbers. They should know what their blood pressure is. And if they should be on medication, they should be on medication until they can get their blood pressure under control. Sedentary lifestyle, the more we sit on our behinds and the less we we move, the sooner we die. And one of the ways we die is from strokes and heart attacks. So that's really important. Obviously, cholesterol, we know that that's a bad thing if we have too high a cholesterol. And we know that drinking too much alcohol, which the pandemic has triggered for a lot of, uh, a lot of people, because that's one way that uh, we like coping with stress. But too much alcohol obviously has tremendous impact. The other things to keep in mind are if you have an irregular heartbeat, you need to be treated with special medications and your doctor will guide you with that. And if you have diabetes, if you have blood sugar issues, you need to have that under control. But pretty much everyone should have, if you have any questions about what your risk factors are for stroke, you can go to the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association websites and read up on it. But you can also have a conversation with your doctor. I have a lot of patients that come in and say, well, I'm perfectly healthy. I haven't seen a doctor in 40 years. And then uh, why am I having a stroke? And when you see them, you find out they've had high blood pressure for 40 years and diabetes and renal failure and all these other things that just because you didn't check doesn't mean you don't have it. So most important thing is figure out what your own personal risk factors are for stroke and then try to do whatever you can to be healthy. So exercise, eat well, be active, don't smoke, etc.
Uh, so tell us why St. Mary's uh, Medical Center is, uh, uh, is the place to go for folks who are looking for uh, more advice uh, and maybe treatment for stroke or uh, prevention. No, we're a comprehensive stroke center, which means that we basically take care of everybody from the moment they are having their stroke and they arrive to the moment that they leave after the rehabilitation. We have everything from uh, vascular neurologists. These are board-certified neurologists that have subspecialty training in stroke. We have neurointerventionalists. That this is all we do. We take care of stroke patients. We have neurocritical care. We have ICUs that are dedicated to taking care of stroke patients. And we have a rehab facility that does it. We have a really good team is what it comes down to. But honestly, anyone in any community should know what their closest comprehensive stroke center is. They should know the quality of their stroke center. And they should go to wherever is going to take the best care of them as quickly as possible. And uh, if folks want to find out more about St. Mary's Medical Center, uh, what's the best way for them to look for that? The website probably would be the easiest way, www.stmarysmc.com. It's important that once you're having a stroke to be managed and taken care of as, as aggressively and as well as you can be. But the best stroke to have is the one you don't have at all. So having a, a solid relationship with your primary doctor and all that's very important. Excellent. Well, we thank you so much for being with us today and talking with us about uh, National Stroke Awareness Month and getting us up to date on uh, on what's going on in, in your world, uh, treating folks with stroke and uh, giving us some pointers on how to hopefully avoid stroke. So thanks for being with us here on South Florida Sunday. Thank you for having me. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, we're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.